0: this is Brian Hill and you're listening to the Night nerd welcome to the night nerd podcast I'm your host Lance it's Friday at least I think it is I don't don't really know time is wibbly wobbly right now thanks to quarantine. I don't know days or anything anymore, but anyway, this is Friday's show, we at least know that part, and we're going to talk about what you want to talk about, and that is The Undertaker. Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, just celebrated a birthday back on Tuesday. Happy birthday, Mr. Calloway. Again, we don't call him Mark because we don't want to get chokeslammed. So all week we've looked at him in different forms of entertainment, pop culture, and stuff like that, and... It's been interesting for him to be so prolific in stuff. He's, I don't know, it's, he's kind of all over the place and nowhere all at the same time. It's uh, kind of strange. But today we're going to talk about his WWF career and a few other things. So he showed up in October of 1990 in WWF, which was just like a month after he left WCW. Because remember his last match was at September 7th, 1989 in Amarillo. He showed up. And he was, um, he was this dead man, but it was like a Western mortician, undertaker type thing. He had the trench coat and the gray striped tie, um, the big Stetson hat and the gloves and everything. But it was more Western than you know, than what he kind of became now. And he was Kane the Undertaker, which Kane, you know, obviously would drop the name Kane shortly thereafter and give it to his quote unquote younger brother a few years down the road but his big gimmick was he was impervious to pain which was kind of cool because all it all he had to do is not sell his opponent's moves like if somebody hit him he just doesn't flinch and that's all he has to do and he came in like pretty hot um, in Survivor Series he was on Ted, Di, Ted DiBiase's team he took out Coco Beware um, took out Dusty Rhodes like all this stuff and it was pretty crazy. And he would go on, uh, and Paul Bear came over and joined him, which was cool. And he had this urn that gave the Undertaker. About early '90s wrestling, like pre-Attitude era, is really strange. I, it's hard to describe. Um, there's definitely people out there who would do it much better than I do, but it's fun checking out. And then in uh, toward the end, he would. End of 1990, first in 91, he got into a little feud with Jimmy Superfly Snuka, which was cool, you know, Superfly was awesome, and he would fight, that fight would kind of come to an end in March of 91 at WrestleMania 7, where he beat him, and that would start his streak, his WrestleMania streak that we'll look at later on, and after that, he got into a fight with the Ultimate Warrior, uh, to the point where... The very first, like, to f- start off their feud, he locked him in a casket. So, yeah. And then he would fight the Ultimate Warrior in the first-ever body bag challenge. Now, you're going to hear that a lot today. First ever. Because Undertaker is part of a lot of those. So, um then he was in King of the Ring, got disqualified from there. And later on that year at Survivor Series. So, his second Survivor a, almost a year after he debuted... He beat Hulk Hogan to win his first WWF championship. And at the time, he was the youngest WWF champion in history. So, that, you know, we were talking about how WCW said, uh, old Anderson, I was going to say old Arn Anderson, like old, but no, just old, old Anderson, uh, said nobody would ever pay the money to watch him before. And here he is a year at WWF and got a title. So, that's pretty cool. I mean, he would drop it back. To Hogan not too long after that. But still, he he got it. And then he would uh, turn on... Well, he didn't really turn on Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake was a skeezy dude. And so he attacked him. And this is when he really started to become uh, a hero, like a fan favorite. And everybody loved him. And he would go on and fight a bunch of big men and stuff just because, of you know, he was a big guy and we didn't have Andre the Giant. So this is what people wanted to see. I think it's neat to say, um, again, first ever, the first ever episode of Monday Night Raw, which was January 11th, 1993, Undertaker won the headlining match. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, Go on. He fought Yokozuna a lot where they... We're in a casket match at Royal Rumble in 94. That, Yokozuna won, but Undertaker took like seven months off because he had a back injury. And then he would come back, uh, WrestleMania 10, but it was the Undertaker that came back, the character. Uh, It was actually Mark Calloway's cousin, Brian Lee, and we refer to him as the Underfaker. Because he was pretending to be the Undertaker and fighting these matches and stuff, but the real Undertaker finally came back, and um, at at SummerSlam, sorry, and he would get revenge by beating Yokozuna in another casket match, and uh, beat King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania ten. It's all sorts of just keeps going on another casket match, doing all these things. And he had to leave for a while for some surgery. You'll notice that with professional wrestlers, guys who have been around a long time. If you look at their careers, there's a little. Often they go away for six to eight months and, you know, they write it off as something. But 90 some odd percent of the time, it's because they have some kind of injury and need surgery and rehab and everything. But then uh, he came back. He would fight Bret Hart, he would fight Diesel, um, just kind of anybody, and then he had a big feud with Mankind that lasted a long time, to the point where they were in the first ever Boiler Room Brawl at SummerSlam, and it was just, yeah, kind of like a no-holds-barred thing, um, which was kind of interesting, you know, Something, this was really kind of the dawn of the Attitude era. Um, And then it would go on, they would have a Buried Alive match and everything. Uh, It was crazy. And when he came back from being Buried Alive, again, at Survivor Series. Survivor Series is really important for some reason in Undertaker's career. That's just uh, a lot of things that happened. He had a... I don't even know what you call it. A, a match where Paul Bearer was like in a cage above the ring. Whoever won could get a hold of him. And about this time, he started being the Lord of Darkness. And this is when Ed Era really started to kick in. And um, he fought Vader and stuff. And just doing weird gimmick matches all the time. Like a Four Corners elimination match. Um... Um, he did the first ever Hell in a Cell match. uh was against, I believe it was Shawn Michaels, but the probably the most infamous one was the one with Mankind, which, you know, he threw him 16 feet into the table and threw the ring and everything, and it was just insane. Absolutely insane. It was crazy. Uh, this is about the time Kane kind of shows up, also, and we go. He starts feuding with Austin and The Rock. This was when you had started really getting all your your factions. You had the Nation Domination with The Rock and Farouk and all of them. Then you had um, the the Ministry, which was included, which was Undertaker's faction, and it had the Brood and the Acolytes and. Midian, Viscera, and you had the corporation, uh, which was Vince McMahon's people, and then you just had Stone Cold kind of hanging out, and you had DX also. Uh, so just all sorts of crazy stuff going on everywhere. Ultimately, the ministry and the corporation would combine. Um, it was a weird storyline. Then, like, Stephanie got married to Triple H on the show, and then later on in real life. But about the time all that fizzled out, he that's when he became the American badass and he was the biker gig, um, had some really cool matches with like Kurt Angle and Triple H and The Rock, and, you know. Just this is early early two thousands and just all sorts of great stuff. Really later on, um, after like two thousand seven two thousand ten, he kind of has taken a back seat and he still shows up sometimes, but. I mean, even his streak... So, the streak we were talking about, if you don't know... Undertaker was undefeated at Wrestlemania. He... It was an insane, insane list of how many uh, people he won. Uh, It was against Bret Hart was his first... Hell in a Cell, sorry. He got all the way up to 21-0. and So... From... March of ninety one to April of twenty thirteen, he never lost a match, and even some like there was one that was a two on one match, and he still won that. A couple of them been world heavyweight championships, some uh, you know had guest referees, Helen cells, all sorts of things. He just always had it. Now. He finally lost, um, to Brock Lesnar, which I don't think Brock Lesnar's important enough, uh, to, you know, to have been the person he lost to. And that would have been like 2013, 2014. Um, and really after that, he, he lost a few other ones and, he well he he lost to Roman Reigns I guess was the only only one um, you know and that's that's all well and good but I feel like one he should have lost to somebody besides Brock Lesnar and two that should have been like his final match uh, he even had it was a streak versus retirement match against Shawn Michaels that was amazing and wonderful. But The Undertaker has always been super loved by everybody. You look at awards and publications and everything. um, Digital Spy said he's the greatest WWE wrestler ever. IGN said he's the second greatest wrestler ever. Um, Sports Illustrated put him as the fifth greatest of all times. His match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 and 26 were back-to-back match of the years in a couple of... Respected, I guess, wrestling uh, periodicals and websites and stuff. Um, Everybody just loves him. And Vince McMahon has said he's his favorite. Jim Ross said that he's the greatest star they've ever had. Even the Guinness Book of World Records, you know, they acknowledge the streak. And everything. The Telegraph said that he's the world's greatest sportsman. I mean, people love The Undertaker. He is just... Really great. And as we mentioned, even behind the scenes, you know, because he is loved by everybody and has such respect from his his fellow athletes that, you know, he's kind of the the mother hen, I guess, the den mother or whatever you want to call it, and keeps everybody in line and helps with everything. And so that's really cool. You know, he was... I always liked the guy and respected him. He was never one of my favorite favorites. Um, that was like Shawn Michaels and The Rock, but... I like the more verbal, you know, like Chris Jericho type when I used to watch it. But I know a lot of people love him, and rightfully so. He, he's awesome. Let me know what's your favorite Undertaker match. Let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere out there, TikTok, YouTube. Look for The Night Nerd. We'd love to talk to you, love to hear from you. You can email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. But otherwise, that's going to do it for us today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.